Welcome to Eight with Eight, a podcast from Ohio State Support Team Eight, where we share what's on our minds and what's in the research from the field of education. Today, you'll hear from two of SST8's educational consultants, Heidi Kurchensky and Denise Ward, as they interview Dr. Marva K. Jones. Marva K. considers her first leadership position as that of a teacher. She then went on to serve as a principal superintendent, and she is currently the senior executive director for the Center for Continuous Improvement at the Ohio Department of Education. Learn her strategies for decompressing from a very stressful job, get some great book recommendations, and hear her thoughts on the most pressing challenges in our field. Stick around. Okay, Marva, thanks for joining us today. Um, this focus of our podcast this season is leadership, and we're so glad that you're with us to talk about all these considerations for leadership. Uh, Denise and I are going to ask you to share your thoughts regarding leadership, especially during this tenuous time. So let's get started. So first of all, let's start by letting our listeners hear a little bit about you. Could you talk a little bit about your leadership experience? Sure, Heidi. Thanks uh, to both of you and Denise for this invitation. Like really many in the educational realm, I consider my first leadership position that of a teacher. I started as a special education teacher, then I became a principal. I moved forward in working with principals in central office positions, then I was an assistant superintendent. I finally decided I'd have the opportunity to really try my hand at where all the action starts, and that's at the bottom. I considered myself as a superintendent at the bottom, the foundation. And from there on up to the student was the highlight of my career. I worked in four different districts in Northeast Ohio. Now, as you know, I'm at the Ohio Department of Education. I'm the senior executive director in the Center for Continuous Improvement. I have just really been so blessed to work with a number of educators, community leaders, and I still consider myself a teacher learning and growing every chance I get. And Marva, typically, and we, we often hear that building relationships is so important um, when you are an administrator, but you will also hear that taking time for self-care is just as important. So what do you do for self-care? Well, Denise, every single morning, rain or shine, sleet or snow, I walk indoors or outdoors, depending. Um, I had a goal to walk at least 10,000 steps a day a couple of years ago, and I succeeded in reaching that goal. I'm now on year two, where I upped my steps to 11,500, and I will have year two by May 10th of this year. After work, I take a short walk every day, but that walk time, sometimes I don't even listen to music. I don't talk to neighbors. It is really my time to decompress and just be with me. Um, lately, I've started listening to books, but that's my best self-care right now. Uh, very recently, in about the last month, I thought I need to try some de-stressing exercises. I used yoga before, so I really want to get into yoga or mindfulness as uh, this last year has really been tremendously draining on all of us. So Marva, you just mentioned you listen to books. Mm -hmm. Some of us, we got to have the hold of book, but you listen to books. Just curious. Um, what books are you currently listening to or reading? Well, I will tell you, I am kind of old school and I like to hold the book, but because I have so much walk time in my day, I have started listening to books. So um, the newest author that I've uh, entered uh, to take a listen to is Brene Brown and her book, Dare to Lead. 
Uh, yes. I'm kind of old to getting to Brene Brown. Everybody else is like, you just now getting introduced to her, but I am. Uh, I'm currently for uh, educational and not just personal and self growth. Uh, growth. I've been listening to White Fragility. That's a tough book. It's a book that the Ohio Department of Ed, a number of uh, individuals there were listening to it. Um, read The Culture Code. That's a really uh, a good book. Some books that I uh, read previously still bring a lot, uh, mind a lot of things. Uh, John Gordon's books like The Energy Bus and those little parables uh, really make a great difference. And then um, on the I guess the national level, I listen to a lot of Doug Reeves and follow him on uh, Twitter as well. Marva, it is amazing that you should say that. You, I am wearing the energy bus that, <laughs> that I received in Warrensville when you were my superintendent. I love it, and that was not planned. <laughs> it wasn't, it was not planned. So I, it just brings back so many memories. I agree. But when you think about, um, I know there are a lot of challenges that um, Ohio leaders face today, and I know there are a lot, and there's no shortage of challenges. But if you had to pick one, what would you say is the greatest challenge facing Ohio school leaders today? Without a doubt, I would say connecting with students in this new reality of remote education. I mean, addressing their needs in a variety of ways. It's going to be neat to be accomplished with more detail than we've had previously in just looking at data. Um, goals that are, are attainable need to be set, but they still need to be ambitious. Got a lot of funds that are coming to schools and districts, and we need to use those to make sure we provide quality instruction, but that's adaptable whether you're in class or remote and flexible in case those things change from, I won't say day to day, but certainly it could be week to week or month to month. Uh, and, and throughout the year to be able to be adaptable and flexible. And then as you started with me, I think uh, one of the greatest challenges as we say for school leaders is making sure teachers and staff in general are taking care of themselves. I use uh, with, uh, with my team sometimes thinking of when we're on an airplane, I know it's probably been a while for most of us, they say if anything happens, gotta put the air on yourself first get that oxygen before you take care of that little one or a senior citizen. And so we've got to make sure we continue to take care of ourselves so that we can meet those challenges that are, are in our existence right now and will continue in the future. I love that you mentioned that um, connecting with students is really a priority. I think that's always a priority. As a PBIS consultant here at the SST, we always talk about that, but that is really challenging right now, especially with kids in remote settings, right? Yeah. Uh, I also love that you, you're talking about the self-care because I think that's part of, of a, a behavioral or social-emotional framework uh, that we should be taking care of ourselves and our and our students and our teachers. You know, teachers are worn out right now. It's been a difficult, so I'm so glad that you mentioned that that aspect of, of challenge. We really need to rise up to, to meet that challenge. And next year is going to probably be the same, especially with the ramifications of what happened, what's happened this year. Yes. Thinking, of, thinking about all of those things and thinking about the time that you spent in district and now at the state level, how do you prioritize the decisions that you have to make, especially thinking about the time we're in? You know, it's kind of um, stressful for everybody, but how do you prioritize your decision-making? Uh, that's probably the toughest question you've asked me so far. Um, 
at the state level, for me, different from in a classroom or at a building or in a district, there are competing priorities all the time. And so I try, I try, and I'm not saying I am always um, successful at this, but I try to make sure that I'm not the hold up in anybody else's work. And so if I can give them an answer or I can meet with them because I know it's something that they need to uh, accomplish, I try to prioritize those needs before my own. And then when it comes to my own items uh, that have competing priorities, I try to make sure I provide my uh, supervisor and that's uh, John and Paolo with what they need to keep moving forward. Um, but it, it's difficult, I, I will tell you, it is difficult. Um, we are trying to meet the needs and provide answers, uh, hope and resources to everybody in the state of Ohio. And so I don't know that there's nearly anything we're doing that's not gonna have some type of impact, direct or indirect, to the staff and students in the state of Ohio. So if it's 21st century, and I know I can get back to my 21st century office because they're trying to get out there to help staff and students, weekends, evenings, and work with community partners, I wanna get that information to them. If it's Paulo or John who are making decisions that superintendents and CEOs need in their day-to-day -day as they work with their districts, I'm trying to get them the details or the big picture to have that information uh, then, you know, to them. So I have that, those who uh, report to me and those to whom I report, but all, it, it's tough. I wish I could give you an easy answer, but it's tough. Um, it, it really is tough. And this past year has caused an even uh, greater level of difficulty because we're not together. And sometimes um, it could be a priority to address a staff member on something that they need to tighten up, that they need to do better. And I am an in-person kind of people person. And if you're there with me, even if you are, you can feel my empathy for, I got to talk to you about something difficult, but across the airwaves, you still have to have those conversations. Um, and I would say prioritizing those difficult conversations with empathy would really be very important to me as well. I'm gonna stop there, but that it's tough because there's so much, but I try to look at others first before I try to take care of the duties that I have. I think what you're talking about is really giving everybody some grace, especially now. Mm. Um, I think that's really important. All yes. so stressed, giving folks grace. Yeah, make a difference. I think in your in your everyday working life. You better believe it, Grace. I like that. You definitely. <laughs> so, kind of following up on what you said, you mentioned Paulo and John. Paulo, of course, being the state superintendent. Yes. Being part of your kind of circle at the state level, is there anyone else? outside your state colleagues that you're looking to right now for support or as part of your support network or your support structure? So Heidi, I'm going to answer that. Although uh, Paulo and John are a part of my uh, support, those are my supervisors. I have a great group of senior executive directors and executive directors with whom I work. There's eight of us and we are lockstep. And so uh, those really are my uh, colleagues who I would consider support at the State Department. Outside of that, 
when I'm able to be away uh, in mind and body from the State Department, uh, my family, um, my uh, significant other, um, my faith, and my friends. I mean, that is it. I have said often, you know, we are uh, have been assigned to work from home. And during this difficult time, I'm not sure how I would have been able to get through some of the challenges if I didn't have my faith, my family, and my friends. I mean, those three are just so critical. Um, and I would say, uh, you know, on those times when I am walking for leisure, you know, outside and not on a mission, uh, those friends are, you know, the neighborhood friends. And, you know, I'm so grateful to, to them. But I would say beyond faith, family, and friends, you know, colleagues who are still in the district, who make me keep it real, who remind me when something comes out from the state and they pick up the phone and they have their, they can text me or they'll email me, say, read about this and then get back to us. Those, that, that, and I can say, keep it real to remember we're doing all these policies and practices for one purpose, to help and support and educate and sustain and fulfill staff and students in the state of Ohio. And they sometimes have to bring me back to that and I've always said, I don't want to forget it. And they don't let me forget it. So I'm so grateful for those who are in the field and help me remember why I'm doing what I do daily. Wow. That's awesome. That is so awesome, Marva. And speaking of school leaders, there are some who want to be principals in spite of the um, challenges that they will face. And Marva, what advice would you give to a new school leader today? A new school leader, so since you mentioned principals, <clears throat> not all principals or wannabe principals were teachers, but I'm gonna say the vast majority probably are. And that's why I started with as my foundation, teacher. So advice I give, stay authentic. Remember why you entered the profession. Now, again, I've got the mindset on that most wanting to be principals probably were teachers. Again, it's gonna sound like a broken record, Take care of yourself and family before you can take care of staff and students. Fourth, this isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. People used to say it's cross country. I say it is a marathon yeah. because in a marathon, I've heard, I've never run one. The longer you go, the harder it may get, but it's worth it in the end. Those are the four points I'd say to any budding leader. Wow. Oh. That's incredible. Thank you, Marva. Thank Those you. are great. Those are great yes. points for people to reflect on. And, and I think, again, we should be thinking about our leaders and giving them grace this year because it's been so difficult for mm -hmm. school leaders. I, you know, sometimes just thank God that I'm not in a school district because of the stress. Yep. Um, consultant is a little, is a lot easier than having the mm -hmm. that folks are, are having to uh, go through, especially again, now with the, the current situation that we're in mm -hmm. thinking about all of that, Marva, and I think you've had some great suggestions, pointers, advice for new principals or, or for any leader thinking about the year in general. And as you reflect on it, if you could give yourself a piece of advice for starting the next school year, knowing what we've kind of gone through this school year, what do you think that would be? Well, you've said it, but I haven't said the word. Flexibility. That's the key. You said grace, understanding. Flexibility is the key. When we think we have given flexibility, like enough flexibility, 
we got to step back and you probably need to be able to extend more in various ways for various people for various reasons it's not just flexibility you get 30 more days this person might need 50 so uh that's the advice is is that flexibility you called it grace um, we're all going through this together. There was one point very early on when I just thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? And John wouldn't remember this, but I remember he said, Marva, we are all dealing with this. He said, I'm having a time, you know. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, this was one thing I feel like in the last year that really brought us together. There was no one who was outside of this and didn't affect me. We were all dealing with it to some degree in one way or another. If not the virus itself, you knew somebody. If it wasn't that, you couldn't go certain places. We were in it together. And so flexibility moving forward is going to be key. Totally agree. Totally agree with you on that. I think being flexible, we all could be used to be flexible. And hopefully as a result of the pandemic, maybe there are lessons learned that we could take from what we're doing now. I mean, I don't want to repeat everything, <laughs> but maybe there are some lessons learned that we can take from what we've all experienced collaboratively uh, with this pandemic. So I'm, I'm hoping that that truly is the case. Right. And, and lessons learned and to not treat the future as if, okay, we're beyond this and now we go back. We want to keep those lessons that we learn, remember them, and move those forward and, and make it even better opportunities as we move forward. I'm sorry. No, that's absolutely, you're absolutely correct. And I hope we can, we can do that. I, I love that point. Mm -hmm. So I think you've given us a lot to consider today. And as we do these interviews for our podcast, you know, you we're, it's called Eight with Eight, and I'm sure you've figured out that we're region eight. So everything has to have an eight in it. And yeah. we always have to wrap up with some sort of eight question. You okay. say things or eight or eight minutes or, or, or something like that. So I do have an eight question for okay. to kind of wrap up our conversation today. And that question is, if you only had eight minutes to share something about the importance of leadership right now, what would you say? Do you want me to actually take eight minutes? Because it won't take me that long. No, I, but if you had eight <laughs> minutes to do it, yes, I know, if right? It shouldn't take eight, eight minutes. minutes. But if you had eight minutes, what would you what would you say about the importance of leadership? I would talk to folks about what is a job and what's an adventure. This is not a job. This is an adventure. I would also tell them about leadership, that leadership isn't for everyone. Just because you were a fabulous teacher doesn't mean you'll be a fabulous principal. So it's not for everybody, but for those of us who have gotten the call to lead, and while we lead, we continue to learn, not like we've arrived. I'm going to say, fulfill your mission. As hard as it may be, as long as the task is, if you've gotten the call, fulfill your mission. That's it. I love that. I love it. And, and I guess that's a great place to end, is that if you've because education and teaching leadership, it is a calling. So if you are called to it, you really should fulfill that mission. I I think that sums up everything we've said today, everything you've shared with us, Marva, in a beautiful, beautiful way. So thank you for giving us your wise words of wisdom and sharing with us just a few minutes to talk about leadership and, and the challenges this year and going into next year for our, our school leaders. For sure. Heidi, Denise, thank you so much for this opportunity. Looking forward to doing better, bigger and better things as we move forward together. Yes. Thank you, Marva.
Thank you. And that's it for another episode of Eight with Eight. Thank you for joining us. And thank you so much to our special guest, Dr. Marva K. Jones. I love this personal take on leadership from a very public member of our profession. Her words of wisdom for aspiring administrators were gold. So I'm gonna recap them. She told us to stay authentic and remember why you got into this profession. Take care of yourself and your family so that you can take care of students and staff. Remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint and fulfill your mission. If you've gotten the call, you have to fulfill the mission. We're gonna keep learning from some of our favorite leaders. So join us next week for an interview with Jeff Ferguson, who recently retired as superintendent of Talmadge Local Schools. See you soon.